Hey, this is Tony Soprano, and you're listening to Jersey Boys Podcast with your hosts, Dave Sturgio and the Ernst Boys. I mean, I could give a shit about the Cowboys. We're in New Jersey. These guys got balls being Cowboys fans in Jersey. Anyways, enjoy. Well, whatever. How about this, Cowboys? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition and episode of the Jersey Boys podcast right here on the Premier Streaming Network and, of course, the Premier Podcast Network. Your host, Dave Sturcho, alongside nationally known comedian Brett Ernst. Little Ernst. Hey, Little Ernst? Little Ernst. No, not Little Ernst. <laughs> America's no, he's, fan. He's, he's bigger than me, Sturch. Well, uh, so are you. So. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the gym. I swear to God, nothing else. Uh, Keith Ernst is in the building as well, and today is a very special, special day because we are brought back to the Jersey Boys podcast, one of our good friends, your friend and mine, number 16 in your programs, number one in your hearts, former uh, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, Jesse Holly. Jesse, how we doing, bro? And I'm a Jersey boy too. Don't leave that out. Don't oh, that's true. That out, <laughs> you are you are out. you are a disciple of the Grassos, so I know yes. you were coached down here. Okay, yes. okay. People always go like, "Oh, you're from Texas." No, I live here. Oh, you went to school in North Carolina. No, I no, I went to school there. I am from Jersey. I'm from Jersey. I am Jersey through and through. Let's I live in Texas. I attended school in North Carolina. But I was born and raised in Jersey. That is, I am a Jersey boy. Are you the yeah. most famous Dallas Cowboy to come from Jersey? No, Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson. Oh, yeah, with Jeff Eisen <laughs> as his quarterback. Yeah. Jeez. Well, yeah, he was okay. He was all right. He was okay. At yeah, best, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so you're second, dog. That's still good. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Listen, second, I'm with it. Jesse, hey. uh, obviously you've been around um, this podcast, so you know how things kind of go around here. We're, we're kind of just like your new show, Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, yeah, uh, which you can find hey, on YouTube. Hell yeah, man. Got to plug you away. Um, you know what's so funny? I, I was actually looking at uh, your Twitter the other day, and you have the Jesse with no I. You got Patrick Walker with no C. Like, anybody else want to, like, take letters out of their names on Twitter, by the way? <laughs> Pat's, Pat's my dude, but Pat got that from me. Pat got oh, that from me. Oh, okay. That's okay. my dude, but... I told uh, Pat, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you slide with that. But the, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the letters being okay, give, I'll take your word for it, bro. So. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. He's my definitely one of my favorite writers on staff right now. And he's uh done he did an incredible piece with Dak Prescott. We'll get into Dak kind of right off the rip because I wanted to bring this up before we get into all the Seattle game and the and the future and the expectations of the team. There's rumors happening right now that, in, and people will see it maybe on Hard Knocks tonight if, as we record on a Tuesday, that the Jets could potentially be starting Aaron Rodgers against the Giants in the third preseason game. He might get some action, right? We've debated this for three weeks now about the Dallas Cowboys and the way they approach the preseason. Keith brought up a really good point on the via the group chat that we have. He goes, take a look at some of the, the preseason wins and losses. Like The Cowboys typically just almost seems like they don't try in the preseason like they're kind of ironing now you've been in camp with these guys what side of the fence are you sitting on when it comes to does Dak Prescott need reps in the preseason to get him ready for this upcoming season I've always been a, a, a proponent of and this is me old man get off my lawn right I'm, I'm I got the gray hairs and I'm not part of the the new generation of bubble wrap guys play play you only get better by repetition that's in any facet of life. I don't care what it is. If it's having sex, you want to get better at having sex, <laughs> have lots of it. Get there the repetitions. That's right? my problem. That's my problem. That's <laughs> <what> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> but, I mean, get the repetitions. Be able to say that, all right, I got it in. And I think 
when you talk about a new offense that has been kind of implemented, right? The the, the West Coast offense or this offense or that like that. Uh-oh. Something came on. Michael, hold on. <laughs> hey, listen, just so everybody's aware at home, Jesse is live in studio right now. We're talking with the boys. So yeah. all the Dallas Cowboys media over there. You, I know. I, it's like Grand Central Station over there. I get it. <laughs> so, but, you know, having a new offense installed, the West Coast offense or the Texas Coast offense that they call it now, you talk about timing. You talk about precision. You talk about guys being where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there every single time. Well, how does that happen if you're not practicing? It's one thing when you go to a speed of practice in practice and then you're not doing joint practices. So you're just kind of, you know, practice is live, but it's still your guys. So there's still a level of speed that is kind of, you know, uh, controlled. When you get into a football game, that's a different level of speed. And now you look at things differently. Guys are in different places and stuff like that. So I think this team, this offense, this quarterback with these new weapons, with Brandon Cooks, with the emergence of Jalen Tolbert, with you know, with CeeDee Lamb taking that next step to 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 extend to that elite level, get out there and play. Get out there and play. Get a couple reps in and see if you can't you know find something to improve on. Because what you want now is you want Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott to be able to say we see the same things in meetings, and now we're seeing the same thing on the field. You don't want to you don't want to iron out the kinks Sunday Night Football. You don't want to iron out you know. And it seems like they tried to do that last year, and we saw the result. You know, we saw the fact that the Buccaneers kind of just kind of had their way. I mean, we had some good defense, you know, flashes of defense, but at the same time, we couldn't get in a rhythm. And I'm getting flamed back on Twitter of people saying like, hey, you know, you you also have to take in consideration that two years ago, Dak Prescott may have had his best game of his career statistically and just mechanics-wise without having any preseason reps. And I said, well, he was coming off the ankle. So why would you press that issue? This time, he's healthy. I feel like we're missing something here. And they lost. Well, right? I, and they I, lost. I, I, right. I, the, the only thing I agree with, though, is that, that you know, you don't want to put them behind that offensive line unless you're putting your first team in. I mean, I mean, you know. Yeah, they need reps. They Absolutely. need reps, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you but say- to put them behind that, you know, all those rookies and those new guys that they're trying to figure out, I mean, that could be dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not putting them out. You're not putting them out there with Matt Walesco and, 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 and who else? Josh Ball and company. No, when you put, when you march four out there, you're marching out Tyron and Tyler and, and Zach. Zach can use a few reps. Uh, yeah. He can use a few game live reps. You're coming off his injury. I let these guys get a feel of the game because, again, when you have to go and correct deficiencies Monday, September 11th, that counts. Mm-hmm. You own one. Yeah. You own one. So let's get out there and say, okay, oh, well, maybe we didn't understand this because, you know, we see in practice where, and sometimes I, I kind of get annoyed at people because they'll watch practice and they'll be like, ooh, that Prescott with a bomb down the field. And they'll go, well, don't, don't negate the fact that Michael Parsons was in the backfield for a sack. Don't negate right. that. Part. So, yeah, exactly. so allow that to happen in the real game where the red jersey does not matter. You're not in a red jersey. He ha- you know, because throws get tipped, balls, you know, angles get differently. You know, he can step up in the pocket and he's had the ball for seven seconds and he can throw the ball 14, 15, 20 yards down the field for completion. And the crowd goes, yay, that ain't real. That's not yeah. real. And when you don't have the joint practices where guys who are not in the same color uniform as you and you don't have these guys playing the preseason games, 
and it's not 100% definite, but you lend yourself to the opportunity of this thing not be clicking on all cylinders or close to all cylinders as it can be on Sunday night football. And guys, this division is not what it used to be. This division is good. Yeah. You watched, you watched the game last night. Washington's going to be better. Philly is going to be Philly. New York is better. Uh-huh. And I was just saying that. Yeah. Say that. This thing is being broken down. If I did a list right now, the top 15 defensive linemen, nose guards, rush ends, defensive ends, however you want to call them, and you did a list of all those in the, in the National Football League. Yeah, you got Aaron Donald, you got, you know, the Bosa's. But after that, you start talking about, wait a second, Dexter Lawrence, Thibodeau, uh, Payne, Hargrave. Chase Young. Jordan, Chase Young. I mean, it starts coming up to the NFC East. A lot mm-hmm. of those names on the defensive front comes down to the NFC East. We're talking about six grueling games that are going to be played this year within the division. And if you're not able to be crisp early on in those games, that could come back and haunt you. You, you lose the first game to, to New York, and then now come December, you're saying, man, we, we would have been in first place, so we would have been getting a bye, or we would have been at home, and now we got to go on the road, and guess what? We got to play the Niners again. Well, if you had one that game that- in the year, do you think that plays any part of it? The, the fact that there's 17 games now, and so like you just don't want to trot them out there, and they have a week or two buffer in the regular season. Because I'm just trying to figure this out. Like what? Like it, the, the the problem with me is I'm seeing this across the league with Mahomes, who's throwing off his back foot on the run, trying to make plays in the preseason to Kelsey. Like what are we doing, right? And then you're seeing guys like um, Josh Allen out there. If Aaron Rodgers goes out there and trots out, what makes like the Dallas Cowboys puff their chest out a little bit and say, well, you know, we don't, we don't need that. It's not like Dak's coming off his statistically worst year of his entire career. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make sense of this all. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm trying to okay. make sense of it as well. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, what, you know, and, and freaky, I call him freaky Mike, freaky Mike, you know, he comes out and he says, I like our camp. Our camp has been really good. We like what we've seen from our guys. And I, I don't know what he's hiding because here's the thing. And this <laughs> This is always the misconception is we're going to be very vanilla and we're not going to show anything offensively. We're not going to show anything defensively. Excuse me, Mike McCarthy, you've been in the National Football League for 30 years. You are who the hell you are. You run the same system you ran in Green Bay. That that Your foundation is your foundation. Dan Quinn, your foundation is your foundation. You know, yes, there's little things that you may do and players here and come, you know, come when you get a Michael Parsons, you know, you can do that. You can line up the same way and call the same play. And it looks different when you line up Michael Parsons and you line up Sam Williams. It looks different. Mm-hmm. And it ain't because the scheme is different. It's because number 11 is just different. <laughs> Every single offense or defense, I don't care who it is. Bill Belichick, uh, 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 Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, I don't care what it is. Name a defensive coordinator. They all come from a a foundational piece. Whatever that foundational piece, then they add different things to it week in and week out. So saying that the West Coast offense, you think that defensive coordinator ain't seen the West Coast offense? Now, what you hope is that your players are better and your, your Jimmys and Joes able to execute your X's and O's better. Well, Mike McCarthy, you run the West Coast offense. You ran it since you were in San Francisco. It's who you are. It's what you bring in your luggage. 
When you pack your luggage as a coach, you pack the West Coast offense. Dan Quinn, when you pack your luggage as a defensive coordinator, you're packing a 4-3, cover-3 defense in your luggage. And then you're, you're branching off with exotic things from that, but that's who you are. And what's going to happen is after the first couple of games, people are going to be able to see, okay, West Coast offense, here are some of the conceptual things that they like to do. And this is what killed us in the past. And this is what killed a lot of other teams in the past before. Because as you get into the season, you begin to say, on third down, they like to run this, this bunch of plays, right? As a defender, I'm going to say, I've watched film in the last six games, they ran on third and long, third medium, third and short. They ran these packages of plays. And then now I match that. With, what does that formation look like? And then I match that to the percentage of they went to certain plays. Like, it may sound confusing to the average fan, but to, but to Greenlaw, to, 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 to uh, Darius Slay, it's common knowledge. And then mm -hmm. now you take an educated guess, process of elimination, and you make the play or you don't make the play. But there's nothing that you're trying to hide from anybody. Mike McCarthy, you're not a new coach to this league. You've been around for decades. Yeah. Let's not let's not call it crazy. I mean, last night the, the Baltimore Ravens showed a zero blitz trying to get to their fourth string backup to protect a 24 game winning streak. You know what I'm saying? Like there are things that people are running in preseason that maybe they wouldn't run or maybe they would. But the Cowboys aren't showing anything. And that dates me back to the Seattle game. When you take a look at that and obviously all, all eyes now on the on the, the Raider game ahead of us. But when you take a look back at the Seattle game. Is there anything that stood out to you outside of the fact I we I mean, I got plenty of questions for specific players but keith can shed some light on it and obviously brett too um but overall was there anything that kind of stood out to you outside of the obvious i mean there's i'll bring up one thing a lot of people are flaming um mozzie smith how he's getting pushed yeah. off the ball yeah. a little bit why yeah. i have no idea it's mostly eagle fans i want to say they're comparing the two with jalen carter they play completely two different positions which is mind-numbing to some of these people but like are you seeing anything that stands out to you that kind of raises some flags no no, not really. I mean, the offensive line is still bad. And I mean, that's, one, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the backup. We're one injury of the way the offensive line for this thing being screwed. Like, yeah. really, like really screwed. <laughs> I mean, there is zero depth at the offensive line position, and that sucks because it's such an important position. Again, like I talked about earlier, because of the defensive linemen and the defensive fronts that you have to face in this division for six games, as well as Buffalo, as well as San Francisco – um, uh, 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 as well as Baltimore. I mean, you're, you're going to face some serious defensive fronts throughout this year. Um, but no, no. I mean, it's it's preseason. Uh, you know, uh, um, nothing nothing glaring that, that comes out of this. Uh, and we can touch on the Mozzie Smith situation. I, I think people a little bit scarred. You know, uh, Tristan Hill doesn't help, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Taco doesn't help. When you mm -hmm. kind of reach high for a defensive lineman and it, it doesn't work out, it, it, it you know. But Mozzie Smith is realizing what a lot of people realize when you go from being um, uh, a 22-year-old bully in college to now your 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 college strength don't match up to that 30-year-old man strength. That other 300-pound dude, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a difference. Like that is a huge difference. When you talk about being that close to another man and then now my brute strength versus his brute strength and i'm 22 right i'm 22 and he's 30 and he has about four or five years in the league that man strength is real and you see it 
And also what you see inside the trenches is it's because you're in such close quarters, guys realize how to use hand placement, how to use momentum. What you, you just can't run a guy. You're just not stronger than me. We're down after down. You're going to just run me over. Nah, I'm going to find ways and do things where now, oh, you want to go that way? Cool. What we're going to do is we're going to counter run right behind you. So I'm going to let you go up the field with all that speed and strength and just wall you off. And then we're going to run right behind you. So, and then we're going to double team you and then we're going to trap you. And, and next thing you know, you're going to be still thinking about what's coming next. Your toolbox isn't refined enough to, to really give me an issue and problem. Um, and, and that's why you got a guy like Jonathan Hankins who I think will get majority of those reps earlier in the year and they'll bring Mozzie Smith along gradually as he begins to, you know, talk about toolbox, right? Like right now, Mozzie doesn't have a toolbox. Like he, he ain't going into the DeWalt toolbox. He had a screwdriver. That's it. He got a Phillips head. And he's trying to make his way with this Phillips head, right? right. He, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't, his DeWalt bag is, his Tim the Two Man, his Tim the Two Man Taylor bag is not built yet. He got a screwdriver and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm anything needs, anybody, anybody need a Phillips head? I, I got one move. I got this one Phillips head. Anybody need anything fixed with the Phillips head? Until he starts adding more pieces into his game. Then he'll do, he'll he'll evolve. But the kid just got here four months ago, yeah. five months ago. Just a little bit of patience. So really quick, Jesse, I just got to know: you were there for Garrett and McCarthy. Is there any difference between the two camps with them? Oh, I was going to say, or, are they the same? I, I wasn't in McCarthy's camp. I I was waiting. Well, but you observing, there. observing, I should say. Oh, um, yeah, I th- I I do think Mike McCarthy runs a tighter ship at okay. camp. Um. A lot of the onus is on the players. Um, I, I, this, you know, Garrett, a lot of times, man, it just – he was so basic in what he did that it just it, – it, it became stale. And, and when you lose the attention of these men, then no matter what you try to do, it doesn't hold. And I thought, I thought Garrett lost – the relationship and, and this business, it's a relationship business. It's can I get these guys like Dan Quinn has a relationship with guys that they're going to do any and everything for him. He says, there's a wall run straight through it. Mike is not asking any questions because the relationship says he's telling me to run through this wall. So it must be the thing that I need to do because I trust him that much. Now, so what? What do you think establishes that type of trust and relationship? I mean, obviously, it's 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 experience or like you know, past accomplishments. But is it more like you know, um, ski, uh, schematics? Is it more uh, you know, um, nah, just the personality recognize. type that just gets you, just like any good leader? Like I'll get I'll yeah. get you to do what I need you to do. It's real, recognize real. Yeah, it's one of those deals where you know, if you had an OG in your life. You know, you'd be like, all right, that that OG really cares about me, right? He's not trying to see me crash out or do something crazy, but he's giving me game, and it's honest game. It's not just some fluff or some coach speak because when you're dealing with all of these guys, man, we've heard coach speak since we've been playing Little League. So we know which ones is real and which ones are not, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and these are men, right? I always, I always make the joke. I'm like, these men with wives and girlfriends and side pieces and baby mamas and mortgages yeah. and notes and, and and gambling problems and alcohol problems and, and, and all types of stuff. So you got to be real with them. 
right? Your, your realness has to shine through because at that at this point in time, I'm making good money. If I'm a, if I'm a veteran guy, like a, a really, really one of those guys, I got enough money. Like now there has to be a certain relationship that I can say, what makes me go further than just doing my job? And I think guys like Dan Quinn and guys like Mike McCarthy are kind of getting these guys to do further than what their job is. And I think like Jason it. and the guys just started saying, you know what? I'm, I'm just here to show up to do my job. And anything more than that, you're not going to get from me. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right, you obviously you played the wide receiver position. You're, you're You have a firm grasp on the fundamentals and what it takes to make it in this league. What have you seen different out of Jalen Tolbert this camp that has really separated himself? A lot of people are kind of touting him as wide receiver four, you know, and, and that's great because, you know, they, they make the acquisition for Brandon Cooks for basically a bag of balls. You know what I mean? You got him for nothing, right? And then obviously C.D. Lamb one more year in, Gallup one more fresh off the off the injury from the previous season. So I feel like the wide receiver room is starting to crystallize. But that wide receiver four position was going to be the one to kind of keep your eye on. Who could be that guy? Who could be your new Noah Brown? In, in, in crunch situation, going to make that big catch. Um, Jalen Tolbert's taking that step, it seems, over the first two preseason games and camp. Unfortunately for guys like Simi Fajoko, I feel like it's a little bit more of a of a struggle. He's a big body dude, and like he's got the intangibles. But I mean, me, uh, us three were kind of going over it over the last couple of weeks. Like, how many receivers can you possibly take on? And then you got to incorporate Turpin in the offense. So it's like, is Tolbert what what is what is different about his game this year than is than in years past or last year at least? Yeah, come close, guys. I have a secret for you. What up? He may be taking over wide receiver three. Oh, I was waiting yeah. for that. I was, yo, I swear to God, I was waiting for that. Wide receiver three. Um, hmm. You know, you know, we talk about in this league, in, in all leagues, what does a good veteran mean to a football team? Brandon Cooks came to this football team, and the first thing Brandon Cooks did was he took Jalen Tolbert under his wing. And you hear the terms about learning how to be a professional, learning how to be a professional, learning how to be a professional. And I think Brandon Cooks has done a, he has done Mother Teresa work with his tutelage and mentorship for Jalen Tober. The talent was always there, right? That's why a guy from, was it Southern Georgia or Georgia State or Georgia Southern, whatever it was. That's why a guy from that type of a school goes in the third round because there's a level of talent that they saw and goes, whoa, he can play at this level. But the biggest thing is at this level, because everyone's talented, everyone's big, everyone's strong, everyone's fast, everyone can jump up and, and all that. It's here. It's can you take this and understand what you're actually doing, right? Last year, Jalen Tolbert, which still blew my mind, lines up in the game, is looking in at the football and lines up off sides. Mm. You know what that tells me? Not that he can't play football. His mind is spinning. He, he's looking at the ball, but his mind is saying, what was that play again? What do I have again? What is the coverage? Do I adjust? Is it a hot? Is it a sight? Oh, wait, what was the snap count on? He's thinking of a thousand things before hut. And he's looking at the ball, and he doesn't realize that he's lined up off sides. <laughs> Right. I think now getting with a guy like Brandon Cooks, it is giving him an opportunity. The first thing Brandon Cooks did with him is says, you have to flush last year. Flush it. Doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter. 
And then now he slowed the game up for him mentally. So now all Jalen Turbin is doing is playing football. He's doing the things that they saw him do in college. And that's the biggest thing that you can do for young players is once they get a grasp and are confident of what they're doing mentally in the game of football, now they can go and just play and let their skills shine through. And I think that's what you see in Jalen Tolbert. You see, you're seeing the skills that they saw to draft him in the third round shining because he knows what to do. He's confident now in what to do. He's no longer thinking or guessing or uh, wondering about it and afraid to make a mistake. A lot of guys be afraid to make a mistake, and so they play a step slower. And if you play a step slower in this league, with the way the speed of the game goes, you're always going to make a mistake. And he's just playing he's, – he's playing thinking-free football right now and is letting his athleticism, athleticism shine through, and it is looking spectacular. You know, it's funny because with Cooks, I love what you're saying, man, what he's bringing and everything, but I don't like him going up in that little plane, bro. That scared oh. the shit. <laughs> I saw that too. I'm like, what are, are you doing? Oh, I can tell you, I, I, I don't know for a hundred percent sure, but I can, I'm almost positive that that wasn't signed off on by head coach. No. That was, we're just going to go do it. And, and we'll ask for forgiveness later. What, what, how crazy. Oh, and then, you, just see, you hear too many stories. You take up in there. We need you, Brandon Cooks. But then you're going to yes. take, you, you take Gilmore and then you're going to take our absolute best player. And, yeah. and, if I'm Jerry, I'm like, listen, Brandon, if you do what the hell that you want to do on your own time, what you won't do is take number 11 up there with you. You ain't going to take him up there with you no more. You know, I, I need four wheels and, 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 and doors around him at all times. And Micah just is crazy because Micah's just young and just, just full of testosterone and want to just do thrill-seeking things and don't ask questions. Micah's the guy like, you want to ride? Let's just, let's go. And you yeah, yeah. end up in a robbery. You're like, well, how did I get here? Because you didn't ask yeah. any questions. Like, you didn't ask <laughs> I swear to God, I saw that and I was like, why, 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 why is it like, you know, all the Cowboy fans are like, look at this, he's living his best life. I was like, I need him on this earth. Yeah, <laughs> I need him here. We need him here. What's Selfish funny, though, if this was like, if this was like last year and like Danucci was in the plane, I wouldn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Look, that's how it you know, Every week, Jesse, every week, I'm filling with two, two weeks in a row now. I filled them with Danucci's stat line. I'm like, don't you God, well, don't you tarnish. I'm a fool. I'm a fool because I thought when Danucci wasn't going to be on these preseason teams that we were actually going to win them. <laughs> and I've been wrong. Damn Damn it. Take, take Will Graham to play next time then, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so... Brett, you got something before I go on to the next one? I, you looked like you were going to say something. I, I just wanted to ask him is because, uh, you know, obviously, you know what, in, in a week or two, we're going to have to make cuts. And that wide receiver room, you know, there was a couple of, uh, you know, we, we were talking about the tight end room, the wide receiver room, which unfortunately losing Stevens for the year is going to, uh, you know, make that not easier to to who's going to stay because, you know, he, he was making some noise. What's your opinion on Turpin as a receiver as opposed to just a kick returner or a specialist? Because, you know, we we discussed this and, I mean, again, I, I think we're, we were all in agreement that, you know, now we got Deuce, we have other people um, that can return. How is Turpin as a receiver developing? You know, with the speed, you always want to try to get him the ball in some way, shape, or form. And we started talking about game day jerseys, right? Because you only get 48 of them. And you try to find spots of where we can do different things with. 
I think one of the pushes to getting Turpin as a receiver is because in order to give Deuce Vaughn a game day jersey, he got to be more than RB3. Like, he has mm. to do special teams. He's not RB2. Stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> uh, I asked the question well, last week. I said, could it be? Could it be? I didn't say he's going to. I said, could well, it we be? We don't get that secret. That's not a secret. We don't get that secret. He's RB2. <laughs> um, but I, I particularly am not quite sold on Turpin as a receiver. I think, I mean... Yes, we talk about size because size matter, right? Pause. How the young kids tell you, you got to say pause every time you say size matters. <laughs> um, but just the catch radius, right? Like he doesn't have a big catch radius. He's more of a body catcher. And it's tough to be five foot seven and be a body catcher. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that takes a lot of precision to put it in your body on a five foot seven guy. So I think for Turpin, returning is his specialties. That, that is his mark. That, that's what gave him an opportunity to be in this league. Um, but when you add when Jalen Tolbert is is playing the way he's playing, you're gonna give Michael Gallup an opportunity because you pay the money. Brandon Cooks is Brandon Cooks. CeeDee Lamb is 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 wide receiver number one, right? And so that Turpin makes five. Um I think guys like Semi Fahoku, you go, hey bro, we've tried. You've had three years. Yep. See ya. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and a, a guy like um was it Brooks? Yeah, um, I, li- I like Jalen Brooks coming in. I like t- uh, Drummond. I like all these guys. They, they, they all flash. They flash yeah, little things. Those but. are the guys. Now you say, all right, you now take the place of the development that we gave to Sami Fahoku because you're always trying to develop the guys a year in advance. So I'm saying I'm going with five, and then you'll be my six slash practice squad as we develop you. And if we haven't to have a need, then we we, we pull you up uh, in those spots. But this is the first time in a long time where the Cowboys have had three, four solid wide receivers to go into games. When you talk about CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, uh, um, Michael Gallup, and then Jalen Tolbert. Like, it's been a while since that is that, – I mean, a while since that oh, has yeah. happened. But um, – and then you talk about the tight end room. I said earlier on my show, the injury to, uh, to, uh, to John Stevens-Jones, it's a, it's, it sucks because he was making a push for the roster. That doesn't mean he's going to make the roster, right? Mm. Like – Schoolmaker's going to make the roster, and, and Hendershot and Ferdinand are going to make the roster. I don't know what they're going to do with Sean McEwen, but it wasn't guaranteed. And, and the injury, as crazy as this may sound, may help him. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because if you're cut, you're selling insurance in a week, right? Because you're injured, now they have to either injury settlement cut you, which means you're going to get paid whatever you were going to get paid for the year. That's just how it works. You can't cut an injured pair, but you can get an injury settlement. His injury is a year-ending season injury, so he's going to get a, a year's worth of money. So at least if you're going to cut me, I get to walk away with a little bit of scratch, right, to do whatever my next plan is and rehab and train. Um, I'm sure he'll have good training facilities that they did. His sister is Sloan Stevens. She has access to pretty good um, facilities to train and rehab. But for him now is a guy who was on the bubble of making the squad if they keep him on, he rehabs all year long. He's in meetings every day. He's in practices. He asks questions, a better understanding of the of the offense. He can see now where he needs to get better at, what they're looking for, special teams-wise, what they may need. And then when he comes back next spring, 
he comes back next spring with a full, complete understanding of what it is he has to do so you can have that Jalen Tober type advancement in. Now I just go out there and play. I'm not thinking. I'm not wondering. I'm just using my six foot six frame and I'm playing good football. And now I can make my claim as someone who will be on this 53 man roster and be able to continue on my career. So now that that raises the question of as if you're looking for a spot for Turpin being the returner, right? And if he doesn't fit the mold of the of a wide receiver right now, which it's funny because uh, Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com, he's actually kind of gone to bat for him a little bit for as what kind of camp he's having as far as like his receiving, you know, stature. Um, but yeah, now I, I ask, I don't see it in the games. That's very true. And we saw him fumble and like, I'm a, I'm old school. You fumble, get off the field, get, get off the field. I don't, like, the right now. I, I, don't, I don't see the receiver ability in the games, you know, bubble screens and, and reverses and slants. <laughs> oh, ooh, that's fine. But that doesn't make you a receiver. We had lucky whitehead doing that for a long time. Doesn't make you a receiver and a guy true. in an offense that you're going to need. And this West coast offense, it's about precision, throwing the ball around the line of scrimmage, quick passes. The speed is there. Absolutely. But again, that's a small target in the small window that I'm trying to throw into to a guy who's not a natural receiver. And you're saying small target, small window. There's a, there's someone actually making some noise who's even smaller. And the story goes here on the Jersey Boys podcast is that Keith, two days before the draft, sent me a text. Hey, go check this guy Deuce Vaughn out. I looked at it and I said, yeah, he's fun and all, but he's 5'5 five five or 5'2 or whatever they're listing him at. He's not going to be NFL ready, but that's cool, man. Hey, Great highlight for will have it. Wait, hold on. In Keith's defense, he was he was screaming about him even before the draft. Yeah, Nicole, I was watching, watching this State here. game. I was like, damn. So, that's and that's what that's what really kind of brings all this to a head. The Cowboys take him right, and now he's he's showing us a little something, something right over the last for uh, two weeks. He's been fun to watch. He's become like that that darling on the on the roster right now. I kind of consider him like the Dorrance Armstrong, who's come on, right, in the defensive line. I feel like a couple camps have went by. People are like, you got to – Dorrance is unbelievable. He's doing big things. And now we're starting to see it. Right away, we're really starting to see this out of Deuce Vaughn. And, I, you know, I, I asked the guys last week, I said, could you make a case for RB2? Because what we've seen out of Rico Malik from the first two weeks, however, haven't been like, you know, hey – there's our RB2 until the, the Seattle game where I felt like you saw a little bit more burst out of Malik, a little bit more burst out of Rico. And now I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. Maybe they're feeling the pressure that Deuce is all of a sudden the darling and they have to step it up. Where do you see this running back room past Tony Pollard? Because the biggest thing for me going into the training camp, I said up until legitimately they packed for Oxnard. And I had Sean McEwen on one of my shows and I said, look, I think they need Zeke in the locker room. I think they they miss a guy like that in the locker room. I think they're going to miss his pass blocking. Do you see a Zeke? Uh, exactly. Do you see a Zeke in this locker room where it could pick up those hard yardage on the goal line and picking up the blitz and can Deuce Vaughn be that guy? No, there isn't a Zeke type back here. But when you look at the numbers, Tony Pollard was better in short yardage than Zeke was. A year I did ago. see that. I did see I, that. He's better in short yardage than Zeke was. I think we sometimes, and I, I played with a guy and who's my my brother and got rest his soul in Marion Barber, right? Yes. Who was a, a between type kind of guy, and sometimes it looked good. And you're like, oh, he broke three tackles and he, you know, three yards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. three yards. It looked good, but give me the guy who's going to bust through the line and and not have to run over three guys, but make two guys miss and make twenty yards. And when you look at this running back room, the way it breaks out, we 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 as people, 
we 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 attach ourselves to figures on our teams, and, and Zeke is one of those guys that people attach themselves to, right? right? He was a household name. It was Zeke. It was a crop top. It was all those things. Mm-hmm. And then anything happened with Des, right? It was defeating. Yeah, and then the X. Court, you're yep. like, we can't function without him. No, actually, you can, and and you will. But when you look at this running back room, and and I've been having this debate back and forth with, when it comes to the Deuce Vaughn, and I like Deuce. I do. I like him. I, li- I love his story. Um, and, and people attach themselves to stories, but I, I try to look at things as as a, as a whole. And first thing I think about is we can't say not Tony Pollard, right? Like look past him because, and, and this is the way they begun to value running backs as a whole in the National Football League. Tony Pollard will be when Jacob signs his deal, they'll be tied for like fourth or fifth highest paid running backs in the league. On a franchise tag. (laughs) I know. Right? In the league. Tony Pollard's not going to be a Dallas Cowboy next year. Okay? Ooh. Okay. He's not. He's not. He's not. Because they're going to have to pay him. They're going to have to pay him. You can't franchise him again. Because now you put him, right? They want to give running backs now. Dalvin Cook got $6 million. I don't know if Tony Pollard's going to take $5, $6, 7000000 a year. But if he does, great. But if he doesn't, he might not be here next year. He's not getting a franchise tag again. So what does that mean? That means that they're going to I – don't, I don't know what the wear and tear number looks like for $10, <laughs> $10 dollars They're going to wear the hell out of Tony Pollard. They're going to yeah. get every red cent out of that $10.1 million that they can because they're saying we're paying him. It's guaranteed. The fourth highest paid running back in the league. So we have this misconception. There's going to be all these reps split up and there's going to be all these packages. They're going to run the hell out of Tony Pollard. Okay. And then when you come when you come off that, you do have to add the consideration was if you watch some of these games with Deuce Vaughn picking up blitzes, and then people say, well, we don't have to pick up a blitz, we don't have to throw around it. Not every time. Not every time. And and and, and size does matter. <laughs> like pause. Pause. <laughs> you know, it ain't about the motion in the ocean, it's about, it ain't about, the it's about the motion in the ocean. But uh-huh. it and, and for Deuce, I think Deuce, I, I personally think that you're gonna see a lot more. DMPs, healthy scratches for a guy like that when they go into those games, especially when you start looking at who we have to play against. Those fronts are heavy. Those fronts are heavy. And when you're talking about packaging this stuff in 65, 70 snaps a game, you're going to spend a lot of it in three wide receivers. You know, is Tony going to play this many snaps? Rico is going to play this many snaps. I don't know how many snaps are left for Deuce Vaughn. Maybe five. But then now you have to ask yourself the question. If Turpin is my punt and kick returner, what else is the other guy doing? Because I cannot in just in value, in team value, if he's not on kickoff, punt return, punt, uh, uh, punt return, I just can't have him with a game day jersey on standing there on the sideline not doing anything. For four or five plays. But four or five plays. Yeah. So yeah. Unless someone gets hurt or or they see that there's a, a distinct advantage in him playing in a certain game. I, and, and then on top of that, I, I'll, start, I'll tell people, I'll start believing in him when they start believing in him. He ain't played the first half snaps in either one of the preseason games. No, he's not. One. He's gotten second half snaps against guys who aren't going to make a football team. Third quarter, fourth quarter snaps. So no. I look at it and I go, well, why, is he, why isn't he playing in the first half? If he's going to be RB2 or in that conversation – they see Malik Davis. They've seen Rico. They've been here for a while. If well, he's making that push, why isn't he getting those reps with those guys 
who are more on the level of talent that he'll be facing on Sundays than he does the guys that he faced in the second half. But isn't it also the case, though, that, you know, when you're getting a lot of snaps in preseason, sometimes it's like you are on the bubble. They just want they really want to see what you're going to do. You know what I mean? So, like, let, let's just say that the coaching staff has their mind made up that, look, we're, we're going to keep Deuce. Let's figure out what our number two back or whatever. It's it's going to be out of Malik or uh, Rico. Let's just keep running them to see to, to help them decide. Does that make sense? Or do you just think it's just they 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 really want to see who's going to be their two and three out of Rico and Malik? Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for competition, and I think that's actual factual thing. But I do like I, I do also understand talent evaluators, right? Um, they don't pay Will McClay all that money for him not to know what he has in those players by now. They've been around for a while. They they they've seen those guys, and there's certain things that. You, whatever the offense that you're running, there's certain things that you look and say, I want, I want this receiver to look like this and to be able to do this. I want this back to be able to do this and do that. I want this lineman to do this and do that and look like this. I want they 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 have their what they want it to be. And then you have sometimes you have your outliers where you where sometimes you you find out things about people like Micah Parsons. Nobody knew Micah Parsons to be that good of a rusher. It happened because two defensive ends got hurt, and they were like, well. Let's just play. Let's just play him at that position, and let's just see. It was like, oh, he's really good. Let's do that. So, <laughs> that. so, 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 yeah, I, I do think there's a level of competition. But again, if if because a lot of people talking about RB two, like like that's that's a big. I mean, that's 15 reps, 15 reps, 17, 18 reps a game, 20 reps at times a game where you have to find space for him. So if you're talking about RB2, then damn it, I need to see him with the guys he's actually going to be in the game with or similar to the guys that he's actually going to face in a game. I so, think I, have guys. so I, Jeffrey, what I'm gathering real quick is that you think that either Turpin or Vaughn's going to make the team. They're both not going to make it. I think they're both going to make it. Oh, you think but, they'll both can make it? Yeah, I think they're both going to make it. But again, on, right, because you, you get to have um, – you get 53 on your roster. You get 40, you dress out 48 for games. So my thing is that they both won't dress out for games. And it's gotcha. all dependent upon, and then maybe some games that they say, you know what? Deuce is gonna we we feel like we have a better matchup with Deuce this game. So maybe we don't have Turpin in the game. Or, you know, you try to figure out places where you go when you can have guys because those dirties are important. I told you guys earlier, we're one injury away from not having a really good offensive line. And so those guys always get the first nod. And then you look on the defensive side, you're saying, boy, that defensive front has now gained a lot of momentum. It's a lot of dudes over there. So now mm. we start breaking this roster down. You start saying, if I'm going to add another over here, where do I take from? It's a lot of DBs, a lot of safeties, a lot of nickels. Like it's, you know, yeah. so it's, all right, well, if we're going to be heavy on this side, I got to be light somewhere else. So whether it's tight end, whether it's receiver, whether it's running back, those things now become a part of the equation when you have to break down who plays and who doesn't play. See, my my biggest concerns, uh, again, you know, you could echo it if you agree with it, is our linebackers and our O-line. That That's that's the two for me. Uh, losing Overshone was, I mean, bro, I, I was convinced if that kid started, which I think he would have, Okay, you either put him on the opposite side of Micah, and I mean, dude, you had two guys that were similar in in their style of play. You know, just 
the the aggressive, fast. I mean, Overshone was around the ball almost every damn play, man. I love that kid. And I think if he if he would have started this year, it was the difference of almost guaranteeing a number one defense, man, with that type of style of play. So um, are those your two biggest concerns as far as in the room? Because, again, I think DBs were pretty solid. Uh, safeties, like you were saying, we got a lot of guys over there. It's really just linebackers and, and O-line for me. Those are my two yeah, biggest concerns. I'm not even really concerned. That O-line is, is, is my alarms are going off on O-line. I, I yeah. think this, you know, I get to do yeah, O-line show. depth, just to clarify, O-line depth. O-line in general, honestly. Yeah, you, you're not you're not yeah. sold on what here's we got trying out there? Here's, here's my thing. Like I, I, I watched Tyron in practice and stuff like that. Like, Tyron's old, like in football years. The lateral movement is not once what it was. And I know people are going to say, well, he's going up against Micah every day. Well, guess what? He's going to be playing some pretty good defensive ends in the league as well. Yeah. Right? They may not be Micah, but they'll be damn good. And I think his lateral movement with the injuries and the back issues and the knees and all that kind of stuff has hindered him some. Um, what is Terrence Steele going to be? He's coming off an injury, right? Mm-hmm. Terrence Steele has been a guy who has been down, who's been up, who's been down, who's been up. So where, where does he fall? The, the one thing that we can kind of set our watch to is Zach Martin. He's been that for nine seasons. You put him out there at right guard and just get the hell out of his way. He has been a he has been a consistent dude for nine years. You don't have to worry about him or anything like that. And also with Tyron, I mean, this is a guy in the last five or six years who's going to miss three to five games. Yeah. So they I, got I, something I, again. They got something again. Set your watch Peters. to that too. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, Jason Peters, he's old as hell, too. I mean, he came in last year and tried to help, but he struggled, too. Yeah. I mean, you get to a certain point where these these defensive ends that are rushing now, they ain't running into the, the middle of your body where you can just grab them and hold on to them. They, they, right. they got speed. They got strength. And, and now you need that lateral movement that I don't think these guys – I don't think Tyreek – he's not. He's not what he once was. He's not the dominant, dominant Tyreek that he once was. Um, and I think we're going to see a, a drop, a major drop off at that position. I wanted them to kind of figure out, hey, Tyler Smith, let him be your left tackle, and then make someone else have to figure out left guard, right? And just move to the future. Oh, Tyron, you want to be a part of this thing? Then you be our swing tackle between right and left tackle, and, or or you you go you go you go home and cook on the on, on the pellet grill or something. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. But. But offensive line is a major, 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 major concern with me, even currently constructed right now. I just think it is. I just that's just my opinion. Linebacker, I think you know, I think Damone Clark is good. Yeah, he's he's coming on. He is, he is. But I'm I'm looking at the depth there too, man. And 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 the one thing that Dan Quinn has done in the past, and he's used J. Ron Curse, and he's used uh, Dino in these situations where they run that big nickel or that big dime. Yeah. Where now he's down in the box, right? I think you see a lot. They've been running that a lot in training camp, a lot in training camp, running that big nickel and big dime because it just gives you a different level of versatility. And and those guys are physical. They can get off blocks and they can go out there and make tackles. So it gives them an opportunity to have different looks. I'm not necessarily worried about the depth at linebacker. I think that enough players there, even if you kind of got to go Demone Park full time or Leighton Van Der Esch or even you know guys like like Harper or, or or Jefferson when he comes back from his injury, but there and then Jabril Clark's it's time to step up. Like it's time for you to take the next step. 
He right. needs, yeah, he needs to really like. I, I, I've been trying to bat people over the head about Jabril Cox. I said, "Ah, oh, just give it time, give it time." I think the time, much like a Simi Fajoko situation, where it's like, "All right, bro, like let, let's show me something now." Yep, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, all right, realistic expectations. Me and the guys will probably make our season long predictions for for next week. But now that we have you for this week. Um, it's really it's a tale of two two things right now, and it's it's a Mike McCarthy or it's a Dak Prescott. You know, at the end of the year, without giving your prediction away just yet, if it if it falls flat again and we're in the divisional round and we just get bounced and we just we can't seem to get over the hump, can you see this team, considering the fact they have Dan Quinn just kind of hanging out and making really good tight relationships over there, or? Dak Prescott, who obviously we're all I'm listen, there's no bigger fans of Dak Prescott as the person than all three of us, right? But we just want to make sure that is he the guy, right? Because you played with Tony Romo and there was always those questions about Tony, about can he be the guy? Will he be the guy? Then there was another injury or there was another setback or, or something to that extent. Can you see one of these guys being out of uh, of this organization next year if things fall flat again? Yeah, Mike McCarthy. I mean, right now he's on like DraftKings, like highest odds to get fired first. Yeah. And I'm like, it's two 12 Crazy and five seasons. And I'm like, my mind is blown up. Yeah. But the regular season, like at this point in time, we've had regular season success. It's now, right. can you get us over the hump? And that, that goes hand in hand, right? With you and your quarterback and whatever, you know, that may be. But, you know, I, I do think that there was a kind of a, I don't want to start conspiracy theories, but I, I do think there was a backdoor handshake was saying like, hey, Dan Quinn, like if this thing doesn't work out, we're going to make you the next head coach or you're going to have a good enough defense, a number one, two or three defense in the league where you're still going to be a high commodity to go get a head coaching job somewhere else. So I think that handshake was made and that's why Dan Quinn came back. Not that he's like backstabbing anyone, but he's saying like, you know what? It is a really good situation to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Also, by the way, if I'm going to coach something and, and I kind of get to pick and choose what I want to coach, I, I'd rather coach a really good defense and a really good generational player like Micah Parsons until I have the fit that I want. I, I think I think Dan Quinn has now tied himself to, to Micah Parsons a little bit. Uh, it's it, That's his Lawrence Taylor, uh, so to speak. And he's like, if I can stick around to either win something here with this defense and still be considered one of the top candidates in the league for a head coaching job or Mike, who's now kind of doing what I thought Jason Garrett should have did years ago with Kellen Moore of if you're going to fire me or if I'm going to be on the hot seat, let me follow. Let me go out on my own. Swing. On me. Yeah. That's the kind of where I'm at. Let me go out on me. Don't let me go out on the kid because I can't control that. Let me go out and say, you know what? I threw all the darts. I unloaded the clip, you know, yeah. And, and if I lose, I lose. But I, I didn't lose on the on the shoulders of someone else. I lost on my own. And and yeah. But the thing about even with Dak, Dak is is I don't care where you put him. He's in the better half of the fifteen top fifteen quarterbacks in the league. Put him where you may. I don't. I don't. I don't. We don't have time to argue where that falls. Right. A lot of teams are looking for a quarterback. Quarterbacks aren't falling off trees. So if you got one that's in the top twelve, top ten, top fifteen. You're going to keep them until you can find yourself in a situation because the Cowboys, even at their worst, right? They're still, you know, eight and eight, eight, nine, nine and eight. That doesn't put you in a, that doesn't put you in a contention to get Caleb Williams. 
Drake May. Right. Well, going to say that the successor's so, not in the building right now. So, you know right, what I mean? Like, you know, where are we going to get them? You'll either be taking a risk on a flyer or trying to find another. The Cowboys have been, like, think about luck or just blessed, whatever you want to believe in. The last 20 years, let's just say 20 years, their quarterbacks have been an undrafted free agent and a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. That don't That's happen. Let's not talk about the <laughs> the gap between Aikman and Romo because that was that so, doesn't happen, so right? That doesn't, that doesn't happen, and your team still be competitively have a competitive advantage and win 10, 12 games, 13 games sometimes in the season. That doesn't happen that way. To be considered in a, a Super Bowl contender with an undrafted free agent and or a fourth-round pick. So the Cowboys right. have been skating on how for a long time when it comes to the – But what's amazing? What's amazing to me, though, is McCarthy has had success. I mean, we, we've been in the playoffs, uh, what, three times with him? Yeah, but you haven't gone deep. Like, that, that, that's the point. Is like, all right, cool. Any, at this point in time, Jason got us to 12 wins. Jason got us to the playoffs. It's, it's no longer just going to the playoffs. You now have to make a distinct mark in the playoffs, yeah. or we need to find the next guy to get us over the hump because this can't be a repetitive thing year in yeah. and year out. Where we where we have this talent, this team is fully freaking loaded, mm. and we get knocked out in the first round or the second round. We got we got to get to where the money's actually being played in in, in an NFC East championship game and or Super Bowl. All so, right. Well, hold on. I want to say something with Dak real quick. All right. Now, it sounds like that you know we're not going to put him in a in a certain place. Me, I think he barely makes the top ten. Um, another thing with Dak too is that's not. Let me say this. That's not a knock. You're the top. No, it's not. It's not at all. No. This is the worst. These are the worst quarterbacks I have ever seen in the NFC East, and I've been following them since the early 80s. The worst NFC. I'm not NFC East. I'm sorry. NFC in general, the conference, mm-hmm. not the East. Worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. But you're saying the defenses are really good. So, But regardless, my thing with Dak is, all right, and I bring this up all the time, and I think this team goes through our defense mostly. Because our defense, would you say our defense is more stacked than our offense? Yes. Jesse? Okay. So how I look at it is we need someone that can sustain drives. And the thing with Dak that bothers me is I know he could put up 350 yards. I know these fantasy nerds love him. I know that. Okay. (laughs) But when you look at someone like Cooper Rush, who went five and one in his last six games, and I bring this up. Dak Prescott against Washington in that last game, by the way, which they said meant nothing. It did mean something because he didn't know the outcome of the Philly game yet. All right. He had more three and outs in that game than Cooper Rush had in his four wins. So that's what scares me about Dak is it's like, and it could be the play calling, you know, it's just one, two, three and out. They're not like, I I like someone that can sustain. I know Cooper Rush would throw for 150 yards, but he would get first downs. He'd give that. What I'm trying to say is, we need to give the defense a rest because when you put them right back out there by throwing 14 interceptions, by going three and out, that to me is 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 awful. Like yep. we can't. That's something we cannot do. If we have a quarterback, it doesn't have to be. It could be. I know people bring up Trent Dilfer and all these other people, but just somebody that can keep the offense on the field a little longer. Maybe change the play calling for Dak then or whatever it is. But I think that's one of the problems we had is. Because what do I always bring up starts during games? Time of possession. Mm-hmm. Every game that we were losing, time of possession. And that when we win, time of possession, we win, which is a lot. But I'm just saying, that's a lot of games. But anyways, that's just my thought about the whole Dak situation is, you know, I just feel like that we're going out. When he's in the game, 
we're just going out of that. We're getting out of the game too fast. And our defense comes back after a big stop and has to go back out there and try to do it again. And has to go back out there and try to do it again. It's just, it makes it tough, you know? No, I'm, right. I'm, but no. I have no argument with that. You, you're, you're spot on. And you're, you're spot on with that. Uh, Nate Newton always talks to, he would scream at the time. T-O-P, T-O-P, T-O-P. Right. And he was like, let's, let's, we got a time possession, limit, limit the reps, limit the, limit the possessions and, and give our defense. What you're saying is what Nate always screams, always screams <laughs> about, you know, about it. And there are times where, unless you're in that elite class, at an elite class, they, they take over games and they do special things. Like I, I try to explain to people, Patrick Mahomes doesn't make $500 million because of the curl route that he throws. Patrick Mahomes makes $500 million because there's about three or four plays in the game that only he can make. Mm. There's three or four of them or throws that only he can make. That's why he makes the $500 million. If you're a quarterback in this league, you can make the throws. You can throw an out route. You can throw a slant. You can throw a curl. But it's it's that throw where you're on the run and you can launch it pinpoint accuracy 40 yards down the field. It's the Aaron Rodgers throw to the sideline to, 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 to Cooks to beat us uh, in that game where – Right, 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 right. If that ball is an inch outside, his knee out of bounds. If it's inch inside, uh, 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 Byron Jones gets his hands on the ball and deflects it away, but he throws it going to his left. Going to his left, he throws a 40-yard rope. And so – And let's not make a, let's not make any mistakes. We've seen Dak throw those kinds of balls But too. it's when – but see, it's this when. is my argument with Keith. It's when he makes those throws. Yeah. Does he make when. those throws when it yes. counts? That's it right there. That's the difference between the elites and the really goods. Yep. It's when they make the throws. Again, can Dak make the throw? Or can he make throws? Sure, absolutely. We've seen it time and time again. But it's it's when. It's when, it's when, when does he, he doesn't make those throws. Yeah, you know, it's true. when he's not making those throws. Yep. I mean, you know, you know, you're you're looking at both those San Francisco games in the playoffs. I mean, that's when you need to, that's when you become elite. That's when you become elite in those moments, yeah. not go three and out. You go, you go, you, you go elite in those moments where it counts. That, that's where guys become elite. Patrick Mahomes don't become elite in the playoff. I mean, the regular season, he becomes elite in the playoff. Like that's when you get yeah. your elite moniker is when mm -hmm. you begin to ascend in the playoffs. And that's when they put you in that category of he's elite because of boop, 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 boop. But it happens in the playoffs. Yeah, no, listen, all this stuff on Dak is very fair. And look, I, I can go on and on for hours about Dak Prescott on. And I think, and Keith has brought this up in past episodes, and and you know it, Jesse. I mean, you played for the organization. When you got that star in your helmet, man, you're going to get a little bit, like, nobody's saying, like, man, Justin Herbert, what a bust. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's talking about that right now, and he's been in the league for a minute. You know what I mean? So Not it's like, really. Well, listen, I'm talking about the fact that Dak, uh, uh, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, none of those guys won their Super Bowls until – Guess what? Year eight. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and here's Zach Prescott in year eight. So yeah, but they were going deep into the playoffs, though. Right? Thank like, you. Yeah, it's true. It's like yeah, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they had continuous success in the playoffs. You were like, all right, he's going to the AFC Championship game. He's going to the NFC Championship game. They were playing in those games. I think if Dak was playing in those games, it would be different. It would be like, well, well, he's there. We, we just we just we're just so close. It's like, damn, a first round exit. Damn, you know, a divisional round exit, and it's like, you know, you get bullied by the Niners. You, you know, who 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 has who have a lesser quarterback than you have? True. You, you, you yep. know what I'm saying? 
So it's those type of things that the criticism comes for Dak Prescott and those other guys that you name the Breezes and the, and, and, the, and the Mannings. They were getting if if <laughs> the amount of what do they call it the young the jizz the amount of jizzing that Jerry <laughs> would do in his slacks. This team went to the NFC Championship game would be TMZ front news. <laughs> That's that. All right, listen, Jesse. <laughs> Fine, fine. Gun to your head. All right. Gun to your head to 2023 Dallas Cowboys. And look, the drought is is historic. And we've all been waiting since I was 10 years old. And it's been a fucking disaster. But do you define as over the hump is to just get to an NFC title game? And if you do, can this team with the way the NFC is constructed right now, the 2003, uh, 2023 Dallas Cowboys, can they get over the divisional round hump this year. I hate to ride the fence. I don't know. I don't know. And what well, makes you say you don't know? Just based <clears throat> off like the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, he just talked about it. <laughs> uh, well, fine. Dak, and, fine. And, no, and, offensive and, line. Offensive no, line. A lot of, oh, go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. You don't know. You're right. Offensive line. You know, is this offense going to work for these guys? This is another change yeah. in this offense. Um, this division has gotten better, guys. This division has gotten better. Yeah, These I don't want to admit it. Oh, I know. I know. I, I always tell people, like, every year that you don't get better, another franchise, everything that you don't win at all, another franchise is getting better. And we didn't take advantage of Washington being down bad. Uh, I said, I said when, when, when the Giants finally got rid of Gettleman and Judge and Garrett, I was like, uh-oh, guys, they actually got football people in there. They got people who understand what the hell to do. That changed. They took a team that last year who shouldn't have been sniffing the playoffs and got to the playoffs. They took Danny Dimes, who led the league in, in, in turnovers, and lessened that. Right? Um, we don't have the big the big bad wolf anymore because he's not in Green Bay. But I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't know if this team will will, will do it. See, Jesse, see that that's my my question mark, and it shouldn't be this is our quarterback. It's it's our it's that that's the question mark. I mean, we all know he has it in him, but you know, when you're looking at statistics, you also have to look at analytics, right? So when does he make these yards, right? Because at the end of the season, you can say, okay, he he threw for four thousand yards, but when was he making those yards? Was it when we were down and defenses weren't prevent, or you know? It, it, and and that's the question mark for us, to, for me at least, is is that going to be that guy this year? And I think this is, I think it's this is more, um, I think there's more on Dak this year than on McCarthy. If 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 you were to give me my assessment on it, I mean, this is going to be the year for Dak to really either put everybody quiet or just say, "Damn, we got it. We got to start looking." And it doesn't help that you don't see him in the preseason, right? Right. <laughs> Is what you saw last year. You're saying, well, will really he be better than that last year? And there's nothing that kind of can ease your mind of saying, whoa, he does look sharper. Whoa. Well, our, our two biggest question marks, though, are the ones that matter, right? It's our coach, <laughs> our quarterback, and our damn kicking game. I mean, well, <laughs> Don't these are the three kick. most important things you need when it yeah. comes down because when you're in this division, right, the NFC East, and again, I, 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 I personally think Overshone would have been a deal breaker on that defense. That's just me. Uh, watching, you know, talent. I've been following it longer because I'm probably the oldest head here, right? Probably, I think so. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, since I was a kid, and and 
this is my only concern is our quarterback. Like even with Romo, um, you know, Romo never had this defense that we got. I mean, he was never really had a, a defense that that was like, you know, not only making the plays, but getting the turnovers like we've been doing. Yeah. You know, um, there's always been something. And, uh, you know, with Dak this year, I mean, I have faith in him. We're all rooting for him. But I, I really think he needs to step it up. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So in August 22nd, Jesse Holly is a, I don't know. I mean, and that's fine. That's fine. Listen, there could be a first month of the season where where you're like, you're like, you know what, this this team's for fucking real. Or it's yeah. like, you know what, I I was right. You know, I was right when it came to, um, you know, the, the offensive line woes and and all that stuff. So, Jesse, my man, thank you for obviously coming back on to the Jersey Boys podcast yeah, as our you. honorary fourth Jersey yes. boy because you are Jersey yeah. through and through. Yes. So we appreciate you coming on and taking the time out. I know this land ran a little late, so. Hopefully some of the boys over at hanging with the boys and everything like that over in Dallas aren't too you know mad at us for taking up some of your time. So we appreciate it. Um, and of course, come back anytime you want to uh, to wrap with the boys. Yeah, let's see after like game four or five. Let's have me back on and we can uh, and we can we can we can, we can see where, where this thing is at. Then I'll be able to give you a better assessment and get ready to send my Jersey Boys shirt in the XL. Hundred percent. That's on its way right now. So thank awesome, you man. again, thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse, man. You're Appreciate awesome. you, man. Thank you guys, man. Y'all have a blessed one, bro. See you guys. All right. Later, this bro. has been another episode of the Jersey Boys podcast. We want to thank Jesse Holly. Obviously, I love when he comes on, bro. He really is the best guest no, we've he, ever had. Like he's. I mean, he doesn't. I love. I mean, that's fantastic, bro. We're gonna so bring real. up uh, you in Dallas, man. But we can always reach out to him. That's true. That that's weekend, true, yeah. Yeah, that weekend. Out there. Uh, I mean, they're we going get to tickets to the game. <laughs> so. No, no, I'm working yeah. on it, fellas. I'm working on I it. I believe you. I believe in you. And well, listen, not the yeah. it's just to get maybe he can come out there with some, uh, you know, some of the guys and stuff. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so you're definitely in on that trip, uh, Keith. Yeah, I think I'm going to be able to. Hell yeah, yeah bro. That's, so that's both should we do a broadcast in the? Should we do a uh, podcast in the uh, in the room? <laughs> I'll bring my stuff. Let's go. Don't tell me twice. <laughs> We're in, man. I'll bring microphones, checking bags and shit. I'll be there for a while. Big J, uh, Jay Zoo uh, hit me up yesterday. He said the Dallas uh, State Fair is that weekend, along with like Luke Bryan the night before. So it's a fucking jumping weekend for the city of Dallas that the Jersey Boys will be in the house. Well, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> can I say what what makes what and and you know having Jesse on confirms a lot of what uh, you know we talk about on this show. Mm -hmm. What I love about this podcast in general is that, you know, we, we've all played the, the game where X's and O's as well. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that Jesse said, he echoed a lot of what we're saying on this podcast, which, you know, mm -hmm. does add credibility to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? You know, look, we're an X's and I'm an X's and O's guy. I, I barely know names and, and Jersey numbers. <laughs> and, all good. Uh, but, um, you know, again, th these are major concerns. And the other thing as a Cowboys fan, it doesn't mean because we're criticizing that we're not supporting. But, uh, you know, again, I mean, we I think we 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 have a tough road ahead of us this season, man. And uh, like he said about the NFC East, it's not automatic. No, it's not. And, and, and like and I said, I'll, I'll, Reds, uh, Redskins or Washington found a quarter. Uh, Jack, Jake Fromm looked good, man. First you mean of all, Sam Howell? Sam Howell. Sam Howell's going to be Tom played at the, at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, but that was a preseason yeah, game. He's just trying Howell's to make a the starter. roster. Yeah, Howell's a starter. Jake now. from State Farm was the one that ended the streak, so never forget. <laughs> never, <laughs> ever forget. I do have to say one thing, Keith. Now you're in good company, bro. Nate Newton yelling time of possession. That's your boy That's now, bro. You saying, got, bro. Time of hey, possession um, is the way to go. The one thing that concerns me, though, <laughs> from Jesse, and it's scary, man, is that whole O-line thing, bro. 
He seems really, really worried. And that's he's worried about the starters. We all were. Absolutely. Yeah, but I was worried more about the depth. He's worried about Tyron Smith. You know what Him I mean? talking about Tyron the way he did and saying just that one injury away from being like crippled almost. That's Oof, not cool. And Dak not getting any reps and Micah being in the bed. I mean, this is. I don't know, man. I don't know. You, you, feel like, you feel like the Micah in the plane thing feels like a Romo and Cabo thing where it's just like they're they're, they're, no, they're just feeling themselves no, a little too much? No, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> in any event. But, we again, we want to thank Jesse Holly for being a guest on the Jersey Boys podcast. We'll be back next week to break down the Raiders game. Before we get into that, let's get some predictions. Are we? Are we? Uh, I'm not even going to ask about Dak. Who gives a shit at this point? Like, it's the Dallas Cowboys are setting their ways. <clears throat> Dak either plays or he doesn't. Keith, do we – Finally win a preseason no, game in 20. 20- not against this Raider team. No, bro. I've been watching the Oh, condense. you like the quarterback. That quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, is going to sh- tear that second, third string. I mean, they're letting Drew Locke look like friggin' Joe Montana or John Elway. Or, oh, wait, he's on Seattle, so I don't know who. <laughs> Dave Craig. Dave but <laughs> anyways, you're, 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 you wait, guys, look at this Aiden O'Connell quarterback. He was a fourth rounder. He will be the future quarterback of the Raiders. And it's not, Watch. listen, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he starts over Jimmy G, right? So you never but Jimmy know, right? G's obviously going to, he's getting the money, so he's going to get the start. No, but if he it, starts I mean, slumping a little bit, he's on notice. This kid's waiting in the wings, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with it. So, so yeah, you don't do. think they win. No. I think Dallas, uh, they get back to, uh, they get back to Dallas and they do their thing. I think, um, Regardless of who plays a quarterback, I think we're going to see another heavy dose of Deuce Vaughn. We'll see another heavy dose of Jalen Tolbert, or maybe they put him a little bubble wrap, considering the fact he's had such a good camp. We'll see. But I think they, I, I think they win the game. Um, I, I don't know how many points they score, but Brett, you think we're getting trounced too? <laughs> well, uh, do we have? This is the last one, right? Or the last preseason game, and then we have a week off. Um, the, the the way the schedule works out is that I, I don't think we win. <clears throat> I don't think we win this game. I think so a the, solid uh, offer in the preseason. I think uh, you know <laughs> we're finally going to get to see our starters on on the O line and and Dak get you know bang out a little bit of the rust, maybe two three uh, series and then they'll be out. I, I can't see them playing the whole half. I can't um, see them playing at all. That's the unfortunate uh, part. No, I don't think we win this one. All right. Because, well, uh, Raiders, man, I mean, they're not a bad team and, and they do have some depth. Their defense was, you know, they gave up some big plays last year, but the, these guys, I, I think the Raiders, I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to win this one, man. I think we're going to be 0 3 in the preseason. Yeah. All right. Listen, like, if we, that's are, your, we suck all the time. In any testament to We the are the pre-season. worst preseason. We are the worst fucking preseason <laughs> team in the history of the NFL, everybody. I, you know what? If you really want to break it down, I mean, I'll do some math just to see, but. Do like, it. It has to be. I mean, we went over. I think they're five and fucking fifteen in their last twenty the last, or some shit like that. Bro, I even get these updates from the nineties Cowboys, and even in the nineties, they're showing pre on this day in preseason. We, we, we lose. We lose. We lose. It's like whatever. That's what we do, right. and it's just the fucking way we are. So just, I can't. I'm tired of it. Because I want to win every fucking game. Right, listen, you Tecmo ball. When there's I'm no reason. Ball, there's I no reason for me Cowboys. to be up. Listen, there's no reason for me to be up at 1:20 in the morning on a Saturday watching this fucking team and if I didn't want to see him win. Okay, because being man. on the East Coast sucks. And by the way, shout out to the uh, just 1,000 percent worst broadcast team in the history of broadcast team. I'm sorry, they're terrible. Seattle's broadcast team is by far the worst. I had my brother, my father. All my friends, they all had to turn it off. It was brutal. So let's look. Let's I like preseason because I like to do the player evaluations. I like to watch. Um, you know, that's mostly what I'm looking at. Um, of course. Again, uh, you know, we have some big, big decisions to make. Um, I, I think 
the Turpin Deuce Vaughn is going to be a a one or the other. That's what I said at the beginning of the first one. I said Turpin's going to get cut and they're going to keep Vaughn. But I forgot. I didn't know about the fifty three forty eight thing. Yeah, it's the dressing, and that, that's why sometimes you see guys jumping around in street clothes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't so, know the number was that high. They obviously high. aren't hurt. You know, they're obviously yeah. hurt if they're jumping around. For five players. That's that's a lot of players you don't have to dress. Five? That's pretty. Yeah, we'll see. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode with Jesse Holly here on the Jersey Boys Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show. You can catch us each and every week right here on the Premier Podcast Network. And, of course, if you want to see our mugs, you can head on over to Premier Streaming Network and, of course, sign up and you get all the fun stuff over there, plus all the pro wrestling and everything that Chop Sports Media is doing over there. So for Dave Sturchio, Brett, and Keith Ernst, this has been another episode of the Jersey Boys Podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Hey, this is Tony Soprano, and you're listening to Jersey Boys Podcast with your hosts, Dave Sturchio and the Ernst Boys. I mean, I could give a shit about the Cowboys. We're in New Jersey. These guys got balls being Cowboys fans in Jersey. Anyways, enjoy. Well, whatever.